Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to another edition here of Mean Streets, presented by So Rare, right here live on Game Plus Network, also live on our FTN Network YouTube page, listening on iTunes and Spotify. We appreciate the support. Love hanging out with you here. Even though uh, it is not Monday, it is Wednesday, but it does feel like a Monday because we're officially back. We've taken a few days off here of Mean Streets. Hopefully, everybody had a fantastic Canada Day, July 4th. Now we're into July. It is go time. It is fantasy football draft season it is here i took part in the independence day invitational on monday over at sirius xm fantasy with my guy howard bender i want to give him a shout out as well roto buzz guy who we had on last year to recap the draft looking forward to you know chopping it up with him in the future it'll just be me riding solo here with you today if you have any questions any comments by all means leave them in the comment section, if you're watching on Game Plus Network, you can always hop on over, leave them there in the comment section. Always circling back on these videos, listening on iTunes or Spotify. Uh, you can, again, hop on over, reach out at Chris Meany, Mean Streets, FTN, gmail.com. Smash the like button. Do encourage the questions. You know, uh, not only does it help other people out, I think, listening or watching the show, but it also gives us a few things to talk about as well. Today, we will go over the Independence Day Invitational Draft, which, by the way, you start not one, but two tight ends. Yes, Travis Kelsey went first overall in this draft. So it's a little bit of a different feel because not a lot of people are playing with two tight ends in your home league. Certainly, I'm not playing with two tight ends. I really like playing one of them, but you got to play two. You got to get yourself a couple tight ends. We could walk through the the strategy, you know, tight end premium strategy, rostering two tight ends. Uh, I'm going to walk through a couple teams, mine for sure, but also walk through, there was a couple teams that went heavy wide receiver to start, heavy running back to start. Believe it or not, I was not heavy wide receiver to start. I got a little bit more of a, a balanced attack here, a little bit of a, a balanced approach, but I will show you guys uh, my team in the first eight rounds and then the last eight rounds. And we'll, just try to show you guys where some of the value, you know, again, it's really, really early. Something I talked to Jake about on all in football, which again, you can catch on game plus network. Uh, we had an episode this morning where we just talked about a few players and we had a conversation about, you know, players jumping up draft boards now being a value. And then maybe, and I, I wanted to do that here with you guys as well. Just try to identify maybe five to seven players that I feel are values right now that I think will rise up draft boards. For example, Damian Pierce, 
last season was a guy that you could draft in the 10th, 11th round. I feel like the sneeze is coming on all morning. I felt like this sneeze has been coming on. And even with Jake, it's like, I'm about to sneeze and I don't. Anyways, we'll roll through this. Uh, Damian Pierce, 10th round, 11th round. At this time last year, July, Marlon Mack gets cut. He jumps up to the fourth round. There are going to be certain players like that that are going to rise up draft boards. So I think there's, for me, I want to show you the draft board and kind of identify a few players that are going a little bit later that I think will go earlier in a few weeks or a couple steals, a couple values. And also for people who do like to maybe start wide receiver heavy, what running backs are available to you in the mid to late rounds? If you start running back heavy, what wide receivers are available to you to the mid to late rounds? So we'll we'll have a, I think, a, a large fantasy football draft strategy conversation, but I will show you uh, some of the you know players that were taken and I'll show you my team as well. Uh, again, two tight ends, two flex, no defense and no kickers. And I like that for sure. Um, we got some MLB picks and some props. We're going to scan the diamond for a few. We're going to pick on the angels and give a little bit of love to the Padres here. My goodness, the halos. It's just like every year, something seems to just get in their way. You know, they, they spend two to three days in a playoff spot looking like, Hey, is this going to be the year? Are they going to be aggressive at the deadline? And then all of a sudden in the last, you know, in the last few days, I've had several injuries. All started with Ursula. Gio, Va- Gio has had, had a great season for them, done for the year. Brennan Jury, great season. You know, he's going to be sidelined for a bit. Uh, nice young prospect they draft. They drafted a couple years ago. Neto up. He's out. Looks like he's going to come back soon. Joyce comes in. He's out. And then Trout breaks his hand two days ago. He's going to be sidelined for six to eight weeks. Rendon left yesterday's game. Uh, foul ball off the shin. X-rays were negative, but he may have an IL stint, which would be the fourth for him this season. And then Otani left yesterday with a with a blister on his uh, finger. So it's just all downhill for the Halos. And one team in the Padres that have been disappointing this season, and I heard Juan Soto. He said Otani would struggle with the lineup, and he kind of did, but he did not struggle with Soto. The Padres are, they've been disappointing this season, but there's, there's signs. I'm starting to see some signs of life They're starting to score a little bit more. They're great against lefties. Over the last couple of weeks, they're inside the top 10 in a lot of offensive categories that I care about. WOBA, WRC+, OPS, ISO, run scored. So they're starting to kind of trend in the right direction. It may be too late for them. Like, they're fourth in their division. They got to gain some ground on the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers, and the Giants are playing good baseball as well. But we're going to give them a little bit of love today. Um it's been a rocky couple of days around the diamond for me. So hopefully we can bounce back here strong NHL free agency, plenty of movement, still a couple of marquee guys left. Tarasenko, Kane, uh, Taves, Dumba, Debrinkat, RFA going to get traded. We'll talk about some of the deals, winners and losers, as well as uh, some NBA free agency stuff as well. I think I got to go through a sneeze fit. So we're going to break. We'll be back here in a couple of Send us to commercial. I'm going to give a little bit of love to Circa and Las Vegas. Got to give some love. I got a really nice promo for you guys. And also want to talk a little bit about something that is happening this weekend in case you've missed the news. Uh, big things happening for FTN on Sirius XM Radio happening this Saturday. We'll head to break. We'll be back in a couple. Hang tight. Only four sneezes in the break. And that's actually not bad. Like I've set records, like double digit sneezes. Those that have already had them <laughs> double digit sneezes. It's such a weird thing to talk about um, or even say. 
those at Anthem Sports Entertainment, Andrew Reed, shout out. He knows. Uh, he produced a lot of shows for me over at Anthem Sports Entertainment, FNTSY shadow, and I've had some issues. Man, I've had some issues for sure. Uh, tis the season, I suppose. Pollen all over the place. Good afternoon, Daily Handle. Jordan Allen, hope you're enjoying the summer ball. We've seen some Chet Holmgren, right? We forget about Chet. Top pick for the Thunder a couple years ago. I see some nice performances from him early on. Um, so two things here to get to. Sirius XM Fantasy. We're happy to be part of the family. The FTN Fantasy Show debuts this Saturday, 9 a.m. Eastern. We'll be with you every Saturday on Sirius XM Fantasy Radio Channel 87 on the dial. Saturdays at 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern. Myself, Jake Seeley, and Lauren Carpenter. Really looking forward to that. And um, something that we've talked about a lot on All in Football, uh, a new sponsor over at uh, All in Football. Again, All in Football is not going to go anywhere. It's going to turn into a two-day show, Mondays and Wednesdays. And it's already started that way, Mondays and Wednesdays. Mondays with uh, Jake Seeley and Lauren Carpenter, and I'll join Jake on on Wednesdays. And throughout the season, it's going to be the same sort of deal. Monday, it's going to be like a heavy waiver wire show. And on Wednesday, I'm going to pick apart Jake's rankings. That's it. It's going to be like a rankings reveal show. And that's usually when we both have our rankings done. You know, Monday's all about the waiver wire. And then Wednesday's all about, you know, the release of our rankings. And we'll we'll talk about players we like a little bit different and things like that. Troy in the house. Uh, yeah, Blue Jackets. I mean... Uh, yeah, according to Bader, uh, I mean, they do have a really nice prospect pool. I think the Canadians, uh, I see a lot of people ranking them near the top as well. I know they had a, a lot of great players, uh, at the world juniors this past year and late Hudson, man, that guy is an absolute stud. He's balling out over at, uh, the rookie camp. I want to talk to you guys, um, just quickly about, uh, circle Las Vegas here. So there's a giveaway and it's, it really is the ultimate fantasy football draft. And it's happening in Las Vegas, which is fantastic. Circa Resort and Casino. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they want to bring you and your entire league to Vegas for the ultimate. They're calling it the ultimate fantasy football experience giveaway. You, your 12 people in your league for a two-night stay at Circa Resort. You're going to have your draft from a cabana at Stadium Swim, plus limo transportation to and from the airport, a welcome party at Legacy Club, a booth, at the world's largest sports book and a whole lot more $8,000 prize package. I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with Circa stadium swim. It's, you know, you got tons of screens set up. You could be in the pool. You could be outside the pool. You just be chilling, but everything here is going to be paid for the two night stay. You have your draft, multiple parties for you and your league around Circa head to circle I got a couple like tidbits here. Just you get the booth with $500 beverage credit, um, you have the two-hour open bar at Overhang Bar for your entire league. I mentioned the limo to and from. Uh, just, if, I'm just like, yeah, your league is going to draft at Stadium Swim from a cabana, which is super cool. $5,000 food and beverage cart. $5,000 just for you guys. I mean, the video, you have the video. Let's, let's roll it, Quan. This is fantastic stuff. Let's give them some love. Only one place can deliver the ultimate fantasy football draft experience. Circa Resort and Casinos wants to bring you and your 12-person fantasy football league to the hottest resort in Vegas. Win a two-night stay, limousine transportation, and a live draft at Stadium Swim, along with food, beverages, a welcome party, and more. There's no better place to draft than Circa Resort and Casinos. Visit CircaLasVegas.com for more information. 
I mean, you kidding me with that promo? One, Quan nailed it. Out of the park. Boom. Grand slam. Uh, relayed the info a lot better than I did here on this Wednesday for you guys. But I mean, you kidding me with that? That's that sounds like such a, a an unbelievable time with you and your draft buddies in your home league and everything just taken care of. The food, the limo is cool, but stadium similar as well. Um, the eight thousand dollar really package in terms of food and beverage, they're gonna take care of you. I think it's you could sign up as you saw there in case you missed it. You head on over to circlelasvegas.com for more information. And I do believe the drafts are going to happen around Labor Day. So you got some time to sign up, but I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't wait too long. I'd get over there. Let's, um, Troy, we're going to wait. We have some NHL stuff. I know you're on top of everything. You know, there's been a, a few free agent signings. I wanted to talk about some winners and some losers in the NHL. Uh, a couple, like from a fantasy standpoint, from a, a betting standpoint, the odds have changed. The Bruins are not favored to win the Stanley Cup. I think they're one of the losers uh, from NHL free agency, but we'll see. You can never really count out the Boston Bruins. I wanted to uh, show you my team. This is the team that I drafted in the Independence Day Invitational over on Sirius XM. Again, a two tight end league. You got to start two tight ends. I'll show you the draft results in the next block, but this is what I rolled with here. I had pick three. Um, Travis Kelsey went first overall, and then Justin Jefferson two. Jamar Chase went at three. I was thinking that I would have the opportunity to maybe take Kelsey at three if I wanted to or Cooper Cup. I thought it would go JJ and Chase, and then I was thinking it would, I could have an opportunity. Maybe I would go with Cooper Cup, Travis Kelsey, or CMC. I ended up taking Jamar Chase. I take Brees Hall there with the 10th pick in the second round. Jalen Hurts, the third pick there in the third round. Amari Cooper in the fourth. K-Makers in the fifth. Conco's my guy. We've been talking a lot about him here. Uh, he's my first tight end. I took him in the sixth round. Chris Godwin, Jawan Johnson as another breakout tight end. These are two tight ends that I think will break out. Um, they're two tight ends that are going outside the top 10. I do have Onkonko. I think I have him 10 or 11. I got Jawan Johnson there around 14 or 15. Addison as my fourth wide receiver, rookie wide out for the Minnesota Vikings. Actually, um, yeah, you see Addison there twice. It's all good. Uh, you know, I had some pops at George too. I mean, it's July 4th, right? Addison, you got to draft him twice. He's that good. Rashad Penny, Singletary in there, the back-to-back -back running backs, Alan Lazard, Zeke. I took some shots on Zeke at, you know, at, in the 13th round here is kind of avoided running backs of the first, you know, 10 rounds or so, you know, row two, three, I got two, two running backs in the first nine rounds. And then I double tapped kind of in Penny and Singletary. Zeke, where do I want Zeke to go? I'm, I'm thinking of teams where, where Zeke could go that I would be happy with, you know, that draft pick at that point, you know, taking an opportunity on him. I, I think for one Dallas, like if he went to the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> I wouldn't hate that, you know, it'd be bad for Tony Pollard, but if he rejoined the Cowboys on uh, you know, a cheap contract, I think ultimately I know what I would get with Zeke. I'd get some goal line work. He wouldn't completely go away. Um, other teams that I think about the chargers, you know, it would be awful for Austin Eckler, but I think Zeke could get some early down work. I think he could some, get some goal line work as well. I think Zeke and cream Hunt are going to sign contracts somewhere. And I think before net as well, Dalvin cook, especially, I do feel like cook will go to Miami. I know he's favored to go to the dolphins following the Patriots, but Zeke at this point in the draft, I think it's a pretty decent you know, dart throw. It's not going to cost a whole lot. 
he's he's not completely washed. This guy is going to land somewhere in the NFL. It may not happen for a bit. There may have to be an injury that takes place, and and then he'll join somewhere. But I'm thinking, you know, I don't believe the Broncos, but I think the Chargers are in play. I even think the Dolphins could be in play. I think the Cowboys are still in play for them. The Patriots are in play. That would be a tough one for Ramondre. I wouldn't like that one overall. Um, I don't believe the Eagles will go down that road. I think Washington is in play for one of these guys. Maybe maybe Kareem Hunt could be a, a, a get for the Commanders, which would really hurt Antonio Gibson. Um, I think the Seahawks are set. I think the Niners are set. The Rams could dive into maybe Kareem Hunt or Leonard Fournette. Um, the Arizona Cardinals, I just don't think that they're going that route. They're completely rebuilding. They got Connor there. The Vikings just cut Cook. Would they bring in a veteran back on cheap? I don't think so. The Lions seem okay. The Packers are fine. The Bears got a bunch of things going on there. Tampa Bay is the same sort of deal. They're strapped against the cap. They're going to bring in a veteran back. They just cut Fournette. I don't think that they will. Uh, the Saints seem to have some you know, secondary options in case Alvin Kamara does get suspended for a lengthy time and, and Carolina and Atlanta. I mean, so there's not a lot of teams out Carolina Atlanta are fine. So there's not a lot of teams out there, a lot of suitors, but at that point, Zeke and, you know, the 13th round, I think it's okay. Uh, Jaden Reed there didn't get my guy, Christian Watson. So wanted to get Reed. Jelani Woods is my third tight end uh, in round 15. And then John Mechie there in the 16th round. Uh, Troy, what positions did you think were overdrafted or undervalued when you drafted? He's thinking of stacking running back and wide receiver early, just drafting Danny Dimes late. Um, Yeah, so this isn't a best ball. I don't think you need to stack and redraft leagues. I think, you know, you can. I I know I did a flex league last year in Jake Seeley's flex league, and I did a couple things there that I liked. I had Trevor Lawrence with Christian Kirk, and I had Marquise Brown with Kyler Murray, and, you know, I was really on my way, and, until playoffs happened and I lost Kyler and it was a really big blow to my squad, but I don't think you need to stack. We'll go over the draft results in the next block, but it is a little bit of a different draft because you take two tight ends. So we'll have to take that into consideration when we break down this draft. But um, I, I think that ultimately I don't really feel like there are any overdrafted, undervalued, um, overdrafted, undervalued positions. Like, We'll get into it. Maybe let's just break one and we'll get into um, the draft board and I'll show you guys where some of these players went. I'll try to identify some of the value. But again, this is a little bit of a different draft with the two tight ends. Um, but Danny Dimes is a pretty good quarterback to to take late. I don't think you need to take a quarterback early. I did in Jalen Hurts. I really want to have a top eight quarterback. I think that there is a drop off after I've said this a couple times like that tier one for me is Hurts who led all quarterbacks in fantasy points per game and Mahomes and Allen and Allen's been, you know, the most consistent fantasy quarterback over the past couple of years. He's been rock solid Mahomes as well, of course. And then that next tier with Lamar and fields and burrow. And then the third tier for me would be Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert. I do really want to get a piece of that tier. I think that there is some inconsistency at the quarterback position after that. But again, you could make the case for tons of quarterbacks like Geno Smith wasn't getting drafted last year. He finished, you know, his quarterback five, quarterback eight in fantasy points per game. He's probably my favorite quarterback outside the top 10. You know, sneaky on the ground, 300 rushing yards last year was top 10 at the position. He led the NFL in completion percentage. He was accurate in terms of deep ball. He was inside the top 10 in deep ball uh, touchdowns. They added JSN. Uh, they added Devin Weatherspoon, so arguably the best corner and the best um, wide receiver in the draft. I think they're better defensively. I think Geno is a really good quarterback outside the top 10. Danny Dimes is as well. I mean, I don't know if he's going to have 700 rushing yards again, but they've, they've 
built something around him. Last year, there wasn't a lot for him in the passing game. Brian Dable did a great job and and really, I don't know, like Danny Dimes looked like he had one foot out the door. Daniel Jones, one foot out the door in New York. It really looked like that, especially after week two or three. I, I, I can picture Dable screaming at him on the sidelines like, what's going on? But he was very accurate. He turned things around. And I don't know if there's a chance that they get Hopkins. I think maybe slightly. But they have a lot going on there now all of a sudden. They bring in Paris Campbell. They re-signed Slayton. They got Sterling Shepard. They got Wandell Robinson. They draft Jalen Hyatt. They brought in Darren Waller. They also have Daniel Bellinger. They have a lot of different pieces. I don't think they're stud pieces, but they do have some, some assets now. And I think it's a possibility. Hopkins is favored to go to the Patriots at the moment, according to DraftKings. But I think that's a possibility. They could potentially go down that route. Um Anyways, the quarterback position you can make you could make it your last pick if you wanted a Geno, you know, you attack it in the mid to late rounds. We'll show you the draft board and identify some quarterbacks that were that were taken, but I I'll tell you why. I had a lot of Jalen Hurts last year, I had a lot of Justin Fields last year, I had a lot of Trevor Lawrence last year and I was never hurting at the quarterback position. Guys like Rodgers that don't come with a rushing floor. Russell Wilson at this point of his career, Derek Carr, when these guys struggle and don't have two touchdown games, they can get you single fantasy points. It's not great. You got a guy like Jalen Hurts or Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, even Joe Burrow, um, who's kind of sneaky on the ground, but doesn't really fit the rushing upside as those other guys. But Jalen Hurts has got, off the top of my head, uh, 20-plus rushing touchdowns over the last two years, over 1,400 rushing yards, 10 rushing attempts per game over the last two years, which leads all quarterbacks as well. It's If he doesn't have that two-touchdown game, get you 40 rushing yards. It's like starting with a free touchdown. It really is a free touchdown. It's a nice, solid floor, and I do believe that there's a big drop-off there. I've always been – it's weird for me because I've always been – I'm taking a quarterback late. I've always kind of been in that range, that strategy. But last year – Kind of changed my tune with these Russian quarterbacks. I just want one. I just want to get one, and I have no issue spending on on one of them. We're going to break. We'll show you, Troy, the way that this board fell. We'll try to identify some values. That here next on Mean Streets. Keep it locked. Welcome back in. Uh, there's a look at the draft. Um, before we dive into it, um, Troy, if you're still hanging out, I wanted to talk a salary cap with you just for a second here. Um, and in salary cap, these teams, they find a way to it's just uh, it jokes with my buddies that the salary cap in the NFL is fake and it's not real. You can always hear teams that are way over the cap and all of a sudden, you know, restructure all these contracts and you're below it. But um, in terms of the Giants, only 4.1 million in, um, in their salary cap, like it's the fourth fewest. I mean, Chiefs have under a million room, the Bucks 2.4, the Raiders at three the Giants at four and the Bills at five. Um, the team with the most cap space are the Bears at 31, the Panthers at 27, the Colts at 25, the Cowboys at 24, and Arizona at 23. The Cowboys are a team that I thought would be aggressive getting Hopkins, but they got Cook. So I don't know. Like Hopkins is going to go somewhere. You know, um, again, according to DraftKings, the favorite is the Patriots followed by the Titans. Those two teams, I don't know if the Patriots go down that road now that they they signed Hop, they signed um, Parker. I could I could tell you right now, the Titans definitely want Hopkins. Does he want to go there? Uh, I, I'd say at this point of his career, he wants to go to a, a contender. He wants to be with a Super Bowl contender. But I mean, these teams already are, they're they're loaded at the wide receiver position. San Fran don't need you. Philly 
don't need you. And there's no disrespect to Hopkins. I'm sure they would like to have Hopkins, but there just doesn't seem to be any room in San Fran or Philly. Buffalo, sure. Is that why Diggs was upset? He restructured his contract. He thought that they would get Hopkins. Um, the Jets, no, I don't think. Like, I, yeah, it would be an upgrade over Corey Davis and Lazar, but I don't think so. The Bengals, no. The Chiefs, sure, but I don't think they're going to go that route. We just talked about the salary cap. And um, the Chargers, no. The the Jags, no. Like, these teams, maybe the Browns, as he reunite with Hopkins or with uh, Watson, I think it's a possibility. But, yeah, I mean, the Giants... They got a little bit of cap space. They get, you know, they bought out Kenny. So it's a possibility. They could go down that road. Let's uh let's take a look at this draft. This um I'll, for the iTunes listeners and Spotify listeners, I'll I'll read this thing off for you here. So Travis Kelsey goes first. Again, two tight end league, but that was still a little bit of a surprise. But he's got definitely got uh, Hutchinson here. This team's got the best tight end in fantasy football. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Christian McCaffrey, two Howard Bender, Cooper Cup, Austin Eckler, AJ Brown, Tyree Kill, Bijan Robinson. Again, I'm just not there. Um, Stefan Diggs, Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, then Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry. So both teams here in the 11 and 12 spot go double RB. And uh, as you can see, I mean, Dempsey here got some pretty good wide receivers um, going double RB, got a little bit of value there in the six with Alexander Madison, uh, but DK Metcalf, Christian Watson, who we've talked about on the show at length, love them. Um, top 10 wide receiver from week 10 to week 18 last year and third in fantasy points per game at the position over that span. Uh, Madison, as I mentioned, pretty good value here for Alexander Madison. We've, we've talked about him in best ball drafts going, uh, much earlier than this. Of course, when you add in the tight ends, these, uh, players get pushed down a round or two, but Alexander Madison's kind of been living in the, he's been going ahead of Aaron Jones and, and Gibbs and, and some drafts, um, over cook and Sanders here and Howard Bender takes cook in the fourth round says, I don't care. I know he's going to go somewhere good. I'm taking him now. And I like the pick actually, uh, I was considering him myself there. Uh, but he sniped them just before me. So some good wide receivers here, you know, despite going running back, running back to start DK Watson, Mike Evans, Marquise Brown, Jameson Williams is going to miss some time. It's okay. I don't mind um, the, the look of the team here. The wide receivers for Ricky, not that great. You know, he starts Saquon, Jacobs, Mixon, and Aaron Jones. I didn't think really needed a fourth back there. It's kind of shocked Herbert and then the double tight ends. And then Mike Williams is your wide receiver one and Brendan Cooks is your wide receiver two. I don't, uh, necessarily love that, but some pretty decent value there on, on those two guys. Anyways, into the second round after Henry Adams, Nick Chubb, <laughs> I knew he wouldn't fall to me uh, at uh, the 10th pick in the second, but man would love that's a pretty good start. Bijan and, and Nick Chubb is a pretty good one, two punch out of the backfield, even though I'm not there. Like I would, I would rather Chubb than Bijan at, at pick nine, but he gets them both there. John Lobb, uh, Pollard, um, St. Brown, CD, Ramondre, Garrett Wilson, and then Brees Hall to my second. I was, I would have went Garrett Wilson if uh, Howard didn't. I was going to go Chase and Wilson. I was going to be ecstatic about that start. And then Hall, uh, I went Hall. I had some people ask me, am I worried about, you know, is he going to be full health? And am I worried about Michael Carter? And I'm not. Um, I, I'm not worried about Michael Carter. I'm not worried about Izzy. You know, Hall is, um, I mean, he's, all signs point to him being ready to go uh, week one, full go. He may not be a, you know, 15 plus touch guy in the first couple weeks of the season, but his skill set overtook Michael Carter early on in the season. And he's just a, an unbelievable back. He's going to be the goal line guy there. He's going to catch some passes. I, I really like Hall. I wanted Stevenson. 
I thought Stevenson may, may slip to me. I thought, um, I, I think if I, when I look at my team here, and I want to evaluate other teams, but if I look at my team here, I think in hindsight, you wait on Jalen. You know, I know Hertz has been a third round pick and Mahomes and Allen. I thought maybe those guys would go and I wouldn't have the opportunity to get that first tier on the way back. And it looked like I, I potentially would have been able to get Hertz or Allen. So maybe with pick three, I also thought about TJ Hawkinson there as well. So in hindsight, if I could change anything, maybe I go Waddle, Olave or Smith in pick two. And then I probably go Najee Harris there with pick three. And then I get one of those quarterbacks. And then of course, like I probably miss out on Cooper. Um, it, it is what it is. I don't, hate this team. Uh, but the end of the second goes Waddle, Chris Olave to start the third, Devontae Smith, Mark Andrews, and then Jalen Hurts, myself, Hawkinson, who I did think a lot about. And, you know, TJ Hawkinson's going to be the number two target there after Justin Jefferson. I think, you know, if you get Hawkinson or Jordan Addison, like I got here in the ninth, I think it's um, a pretty good option. What I do believe will be a pass happy offense. Still don't fully believe in the secondary. And, you know, I don't want anything to happen to Justin Jefferson, but if anything did, I mean, there's going to be a lot of targets to go around for Hawkinson and Addison, but Hawkinson uh, was really strong with Kirk cousins down the stretch of the season. And Addison, you know, it could be, I, I think he'll be the third option there. Uh, I really do believe it could be KJ Osborne, but I do believe it's going to be Addison. Anyways, the end of the third here, ETN, Najee Harris, uh, Debo Samuel, Higgins, Goddard, Darren Waller, Metcalf, and Joe Mixon. Into the into the fourth, Aaron Jones, George Kittle, Gibbs, Keenan Allen, Kyle Pitts, Calvin Ridley, uh, Miles Sanders. Then you get the, some of the quarterbacks here, and Mahomes, Cook to Howard, Cooper to myself, Kenneth Walker, Allen, DJ Moore, Lamar Jackson, uh, and then away you go. You also got Burrow and Fields into this tier, Herbert and Trevor Lawrence, and then there's a bit of a drop off. The quarterbacks stop after round six into Deshaun Watson. So Watson was the only quarterback taken from round seven into round 10. So you see where the drop off is. And a lot of people in this draft are, are, are agreeing that that's where the there's a there's a gap, I would say, between Lawrence and the rest. And you can include Watson. He's close to scratching that tier for me for Herbert and Trevor Lawrence. And after that, it's just, um, you can wait it out a little bit. I did want to go over this first team, right? You get Travis Kelsey there, uh, avoiding running backs. Chris Olave, Devontae Smith gets himself a top tier quarterback and Josh Allen, DJ Moore, Brendan Ayuk and Jackson Smith, the Jigba. I think that this team is solid. Clearly some really good wide receivers. I don't think he has an alpha one. I know that there's some guys that are scratching on the surface. Olave and Smith, I have as borderline wide receiver ones. Uh, DJ Moore, you know, I think I believe in him. You know, you bring the quarterback over um, or you bring the wide receiver over for the quarterback. We've seen that with Stefan Diggs for Josh Allen, and we saw it with AJ Brown last year for Jalen Hurts. And I think we'll see a, a similar uptick for Justin Fields with DJ Moore there. And then Brendan Ayuk and Jackson put the Jigba. I just not, I'm not crazy about their outlooks this season. I mean, I just don't love the, um, I'm not crazy about the quarterback playing San Fran, even though Purdy was good, but you know, you got Debo, you got Kittle, you got CMC. Ayuk is going to be very inconsistent. Jackson Smith, the Jigba, I do believe is going to be very inconsistent as well as the number three option on this team in Seattle. Um, and then I wanted to show you how the running backs look when you do go wide receiver heavy. So we'll do that in the next block. Just looking at the rest of this draft, I don't want to say that like, oh, Godwin, because he's on my team, but I think Godwin, like Godwin and Mike Evans in the seventh round here, 
say what you want about the quarterback play, whether it's Kyle Trask or Baker Mayfield, but those two guys in the seventh, this is pretty decent value. I'm looking at all the other wide receivers that went here in the seventh. Like Hopkins doesn't have a team. Am I going to be crazy about him in New England? No, no, I'm not. And if he's in Tennessee, it's going to kill Traylon Burks a little bit. But Godwin over Jackson Smith at Jigba, no question for me. Um, Traylon Burks, I like. Deontay Johnson, is he going to score a couple touchdowns this year? Yeah, probably. Um, he should be the go-to guy there. But there's there's some other pieces you know, in, in Pat Fryermuth and I love, um, you know, Pickett to Pickens connection and also brought, I'm not crazy about Allen Robinson, but they did bring in Allen Robinson. Uh, Pittman here, I think is a decent value. Tyler Lockett as well. I mean, just for an example, Tyler Lockett goes in the seventh and uh, DK Metcalf goes in the third, you know, those two guys, um, it, it's funny. They always kind of finish neck and neck, but they don't get drafted that way. So, for example, Tyler Lockett, I, I have it here. Quan, if you could just get a, like, okay. Yeah, thank you. I got a lot going on here. I'll just talk about these two guys for a second, and then we'll break and we'll take a look at the rest of the draft. So, I talked about Geno, quarterback five, and quarterback eight in fantasy points per game. 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, over 300 rushing yards, led the NFL in completion. So, really good quarterback, uh, I think, to target late. But Tyler Lockett was drafted last year as wide receiver 33 and he finishes wide receiver 13, 13. He had 12.2 fantasy points per game. He had over a thousand yards, eight touchdowns. He had 84 grabs, 117 targets. DK Metcalf was getting drafted as wide receiver 15. He finishes wide receiver 18. So Lockett finished ahead of him and went 20 picks, roughly 20 picks after him. I call it 17. Same sort of, thing this year now you're adding jsn to the equation but if you go back to 2021 lockett finishes wide receiver 13 12.8 fantasy points per game dk metcalf wide receiver 12 12.2 fantasy points per game so this has been back-to-back years now where lockett has finished ahead of dk metcalf but dk metcalf is going ahead of him in drafts now i do have dk metcalf ranked ahead of lockett you know, I expect more targets. I think there's slightly a higher ceiling. They both had a thousand yards. Metcalf had six touchdowns, Lockett at eight. But Lockett is the value. Lockett's the value. Lockett's the guy that I mean, these guys should be closer together. It, it reminds me of the conversations last year with Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson, or conversations this year with Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk. Like Ridley has the higher ceiling, but would I be shocked if Kirk finished like within 10 to 20 fantasy points? away from him or maybe even ahead of him or maybe even on par. No, I wouldn't. Same sort of deal here with Lockett and Metcalf. It's been back-to-back years. I, I, I got it in front of me because it's been one of the things that I'd like to discuss here uh, when I'm talking about values and like two stud wide receivers. Why don't those guys go closer together like a T Higgins and a Jamar Chase or a Devontae Smith and an AJ Brown or a Tyree Kill or Jalen Waddle? Why, why aren't those guys like much closer? It really should be Metcalf wide receiver 15 and Tyler Lockett roughly wide receiver 20. He's a pretty good target. What, what was that round seven round seven here um, for the wide receivers? I mean, I don't, I'll count them in the break, but that's some pretty decent value in the seventh round for some of these guys also feel like, um, Cooks, Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis this time last year was getting drafted as a top 20 wide receiver. Disappointed everybody. 
finishes wide receiver 27 finishes wide receiver 27 not bad not bad didn't finish as wide receiver 20 like a lot of people expected now he's going roughly wide receiver 37 40 he's become a value now overvalued overdrafted last year now underdrafted this year it's like the stock market these how things go i'm in on gabe davis in the ninth round uh i like dotson in the ninth i like the flyer on michael thomas in the ninth and addison there as well but let's let's talk some running backs in this next block you know for the people that go zero rb um, to start their draft like Hutchinson here early on, like Bob Lung early on. I really like I really like Lung's backs a little bit more than Hutchinson. Montgomery could play that Jamal Williams role. I don't know if he's going to get 17 rushing touchdowns, but he's going to be the goal line back there in Detroit. Uh, Khalil Herbert could be the lead there in Chicago. Uh, you know, he really grades well for me, even though there's a couple different backs. If you go zero RB, there's some backs like Akers and Pacheco, Pierce here. Uh, Dobbins, Rashad White, Alexander Madison, a little bit earlier in normal drafts, Montgomery, Herber, Robinson to Washington, P. Ryan I like. Uh, there's some backs here that we can target. We'll break and talk the rest of the draft and really we'll seek some value out. So Keeper Lock will be back here in a couple. We'll look at uh, rounds 9 to 16 from the Independence Day Invitational on Sirius XM. Mean Streets continues here on Game Plus Network next. Welcome back in. Let's take a look at the uh, the later rounds of the draft, see if we can find some value here. So I just want to stick with Hutchinson. I do like the makeup of his team, but I just don't like the running backs, honestly. I'm not a... I, I just feel like it's going to struggle throughout the season. I mean, Charbonnet and Piran as your one and your two week one, it's 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 not ideal. And I'm a big Javante. I think Javante is going to... Man, Javante here... I mean, he went earlier than this, and we talked about him in high-stakes leagues going much earlier. He's the guy that I think is going to rise up draft boards. Um, he's got upside to be an RB1, and what Sean Payton can do with his running backs, I think both guys will be involved. I do like P. Ryan. Don't get me wrong as a target. I just don't want him as my RB2. I like Harris. Harris is like, again, if you're going zero RB, Damian Harris is a guy that you know could fall into double-digit touchdowns on what is a you know arguably a top-five offense in Buffalo. Uh, you know, you got Cook there trending up, but I think Harris will be the goal line back there. I mean, Josh Allen really is the goal line back, but Harris is a guy that you can target. Jalen Warren is a running back that I really like as well. He could have a standalone role as a third down back. Um, he's a good back, but he's not going to steal a lot of touches away from Najee Harris and then Davis at the end. I mean, I know that Dallas doesn't have a lot going on, but they're kidding themselves if they're just going to roll into this season with Davis and... Um, you know, as like their secondary guy. I know that they uh, drafted a guy who's uh, slipping my mind right now. It's like, just really does feel like a Monday. Um, I'll probably think about it in the next block or so. Anyways, some zero RB running backs, if you wanted to go that route, some guys that you could target. And I think what you should do is you don't want to handcuff. You want to maximize your upside. You want to get other people's handcuffs. You want to get some running backs that if an injury happens and they're going to happen, they really will happen over the course of the season. Guys will fall into larger roles. And I think that's what you want to do. You want to maximize your upside. So Hutchinson did that, you know, with Harris and P Ryan and Warren, uh, Elijah Mitchell is a good one here from Mick. Uh, I do like Robinson from Washington as a, you know, as a mid to late round value there. Tajay Spears, you know, Henry's gone down a couple times. Rashad Penny hasn't shown us that he can be fully healthy, but neither has Jondre Swift. And Penny, I do believe, will be the goal line back in Philadelphia, which is very valuable. We saw Miles Sanders have double-digit touchdowns last year, and it's a good offensive line. Uh, Zeke, Foreman, 
right? If anything happened to Collier, he could earn, you know, we've seen Foreman before in a large role. Uh, Miller is a decent one here. You know, if Kamara gets suspended for X amount of games, I do believe it's going to be Jamal Williams. I'd rather Jamal Williams who went one pick ahead of Kendra Miller there. Um, Ford is just a pass catching back. Fournette is a good punt, you know, towards the end. Bigsby is a guy that we've talked about. I do believe ETN is going to be the lead. I think ETN's in for a really good season. I just feel like ETN owners may be frustrated at times with Bigsby getting some some goal line work and some early down work, but there's no question ETN is going to see some soft boxes with all those weapons in Jacksonville. Uh, Schubert Hubbard's a, a decent flyer towards the end of anything happens in Miles Sanders. Um, what do you got? A chain here. I just I don't think A chain's a great pick this year with them rumored to get. Dalvin Cook and then having Jeff Wilson and Mostert on the roster as well. AJ Dillon, I think, is a good pick here in the 10th. You know, he is going to be the goal line back there. Aaron Jones hasn't had a lot of rushing touchdowns over the past couple of seasons. Aaron Jones has been the better back, uh, but AJ Dillon maybe leaned on a little bit more when inexperienced quarterback in Jordan Love. I could see him 15 plus touches. And yeah, he wanted some consolation brackets towards the end of the season, but those good games, at least they happen. It wasn't just a complete loss season for AJ Dillon. I did expect more from him overall. It was a great second half. Where was that in the first half, dude? Uh, Jerick McCann is a good pick here outside the 10th. This is a PPR setting. He did have nine receiving touchdowns last year. I don't think he's going to have that again this year, but he's a, a nice veteran piece. He's going to catch a lot of passes. The link to a really good offense there. Alvin Kamara is a decent dart throw. We just don't know what's going to happen with him, but in the 10th. And Algier, you know, is a, is a handcuff. Um, that, that Again, not that one you want, um, if you draft Bijan, don't draft Algier. But if you draft Algier, anything happened to Bijan, my goodness, I hope it doesn't. But we know Algier, 1,000 yards last year on, you know, 200 carries. So this is a guy that that could um, return some value for you if anything happened. Look at the quarterbacks. Daniel Jones, Tua, Dak, Cousins, Rodgers, Geno here in the 14th, I think is an absolute great pick. Uh, Anthony Richardson here in the 14th, great pick. Jared Goff, 15. So you could wait Russell Wilson last round. You can always wait at the quarterback position. You can for years. It's been years covering it for a long time. There's always like three or four quarterbacks that finish inside the top 12 that don't get drafted or get drafted outside round 12. It's probably going to happen again this year, but there is a big drop off. Let's not kid ourselves with the top three tiers into the other tiers as well. I would make the cutoff for pre personally T law. And if you're waiting, get a guy like Gino, get a guy like Daniel Jones with a little bit of a rushing floor there uh, can help you out. We're going to break again. We'll bring in some people that uh, took part in that draft to dissect it and, and talk about their strategy and some of their players as well. But we're going to turn our attention to the NHL. We'll talk about some of the big free agent signings here over the past a couple of days. Hang tight. Welcome back. And let's take a look at some of the NHL free agency signings over the past little bit. I don't have these ranked in order, but, you know, Duchesne, I think, is the best player on this board. Uh, he was bought out by the Nashville Predators, and he signed a one-year, $3 million deal with the Dallas Stars. And Dallas, you guys know I'm a big fan of the, the Stars here. They brought back Dadunov. They got Y Johnson, Ben. Ben had that nice campaign. Now, Duchesne maybe on that third line with Tyler Sagan. Offensively, they got three lines. Um, that can cook. So I really liked that signing Blake Wheeler as well. Like there's a lot of one year deals on here with the cap expected to go up anywhere from three to 5 million next season. So I think that's why you see a lot of these, you know, kind of prove it deals and maybe they'll dive back in and get a, a larger contract next year. But Blake Wheeler is the best value on the board here. Are you kidding me? 800 K the Leafs sign Ryan Reeves <laughs> to over a million dollars in a three-year extension. And all he does is drop the glove. So Blake Wheeler was a great get by the Rangers here. 
a nice bounce back season uh, from Wheeler. Tyler Bertuzzi, Max Domi, and I mentioned Reeves, uh, Klingberg as well to the least, but Bertuzzi and Domi really like both signings there for the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're 8 million over the cap. When you put uh, Jake Muzzin on long-term IR, there's still 3 million over the cap. I saw some reports they want to trade Matt Murray. Duh. Obviously, do cheeseburgers come with cheese? They do. Of course, the Leafs want to trade Matt Murray. I'm sure somebody's going to help them out, but I wouldn't be. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly, Nashville did some weird things, right? They kind of changed the culture there. They bought out Duchesne. They traded Ryan Johansson. They signed Ryan O'Reilly four years, $4.5 million. He's going to be the number one center for the Predators. Going to play alongside Philip Forsberg. They also brought in Gustav Nyquist. JT Comfort goes to Detroit, five years, $5.1 million. Michael Bunting to Carolina. So the Leafs traded in Bunting and Kerfoot, and they did upgrade with Bertuzzi and Domi. We we're pretty cool to see Max Domi, where Ty used to play. Um, you know, some pitchers that are servicing as Max as a young buck with his with his dad and all Leafs gear on the ice and things like that. It's pretty cool to see. Um, Evan Rodriguez going to get a real opportunity inside the top six, a loaded top six in Florida, four years, uh, three per Alex Kalorn is the worst contract that was signed here four times, 6.25 million per year. The ducks aren't even close to the floor. So I get it. You know, they got RFAs and Zegras and, and Terry to sign as well, but Kalorn is just, you're, you're paying for the resume at this point. He doesn't have a lot to offer. Uh, you know, anyways, it's a, uh, it's, it's a weird signing and just, that's why he went to the Ducks, because nobody else would, would pay that kind of money. Pax, Pax, Max Pacioretty, easy for me to say. I love this guy. He's an absolute sniper. Uh, unfortunately for him, he ruptured his Achilles again. He's not going to be ready to go October, maybe November, December. But if he is healthy and he's good for the second half, he will uh, provide some offense inside that top six for Washington. Jason Zucker goes to Arizona for on a one-year deal. Kerford also went to Arizona. Connor Brown, Jonathan Drouin, and JVR. I do want to give a little bit of love to Connor Brown, who has played with Connor McDavid before. This guy is going to be sneaky good in fantasy if he can stay healthy. He's going to be up on that top line, I do believe. At times, with McDavid, he's going to be on that top line. Or with Dry Settle, he's certainly somebody we're going to be talking about in terms of props and that maybe a nice little late-round pick. Duran, I like this for Colorado as well. You got to remember Duran, who was the third overall pick in the 2013 draft. McKinnon was the first overall pick in the 2013 draft. These guys played together for the Halifax Mooseheads. I watched. They were electric, especially Duran. Uh, they both they combined for 73 goals and 180 points. It was Duran who led the team. Mooseheads went on to win the Memorial Cup in 2012. These guys back together again. Duran at 800K. He's going to have an opportunity to play with Nathan McKinnon. That's going to be fun to watch those two guys. I think he's going to do well there. He's not a big sniper at this point of his career. He doesn't shoot the puck, but playing with McKinnon, playing with Rantanen, I really think that he's going to be sneaky good in fantasy. And then JVR to Boston could be as well. Um, we'll get into the – we got a quick time here on the on the defense. Dimitri Orloff to Carolina. The rich get richer on the blue line. They led the NHL in goals. 6% of their goals came from their blue line. I like the bunting addition as well. They were able to bring back both Ranta and Frederick Anderson. Gossespierre goes to Detroit. Klingberg to Toronto. Ryan Graves to Pittsburgh. Luke Shen to Nashville. You know, he's you know, he proved that he could still play in, in high minutes as well. Next to Roman Yossi in Nashville. Gudis goes to the Ducks. Susie of Vancouver and Clifton there to Buffalo. And then the goalies. Not a lot happened here. Corpus Allo to Ottawa. LA is going to be super thin in goal with Cam Talbot. Jonathan Quick backing up um, Igor Shosturkin in New York. James Reimer there, some competition in Detroit, Mackenzie Blackwood uh, in San Jose. So not a lot of goalie movement. Jerry signed a ridiculous contract, re-upped with Pittsburgh, and then I mentioned the two Carolina guys there as well. The winners and losers, I think the Leafs were some winners. Not a lot of time to get into Rees, but 
they're not going to drop the gloves in the playoffs. He's, he's, he's not a playoff player. He's going to be limited. He's middle-aged guy, 36, three-year contract. Are you kidding me? No foot speed. I didn't understand that at all. It'll be fun in the regular season. You drop the gloves and fight everybody in the regular season. There's just no fighting in the playoffs. Is he going to make Matthews and Marner tougher in the playoffs? I didn't get that signing at all. I think it's a, it's a weird, weird signing. Leafs should be building a playoff roster, not a regular season roster. And they did that with Bertuzzi and Domi. Like Carolina with Bunting and Orloff and bringing back the goalies. I like Pittsburgh acquiring Smith, Eller, Achari, and Graves on the blue line. I like what Chicago did with some veteran players and Foligno and Hall and Perry. And I do like Duchesne to Dallas. I think the big loser is, is Boston, but we'll wait and see. If Bergeron and Krejci aren't back, are they going to start the season with Coyle and Zach as their number one and number two center? They also lost Bertuzzi, Orloff, and Hall. JVR, Lucic, Shattenkirk, Geeky, just some veteran pieces. Boston could actually take that step back, which we've been kind of expecting to happen over the years. More NHL talk on another day. That's it. That's it. We'll talk from a fantasy standpoint. We've got MLB picks here next to wrap up Mean Streets. Welcome back in. One pick here for you. It's the Padres over four and a half runs. And then the team total here, minus 107 over at Unibet. I think DK is hanging around minus 110. Patrick Sandoval on the bump for the Halos. He's coughed up at least seven hits in five of his last six starts. And he's allowed 20 runs over his past five outings. Really struggling with his command. 3.57 walks per nine. He's only striking out 7.25 batters per nine innings. The Padres... They've been up and down this season, much better against Southpaws than righties. They rank 11th in Woba and 8th in WRC Plus against left-handed pitching. In the last two weeks, they're 6th in overall Woba, 7th in WRC Plus, and 3rd in runs. They've had 18 runs through the first two games of this series with the Halos. And if you're looking for a prop, Manny Machado, take a look at these two guys here for the Padres. Manny Machado over 1.5 total bases. He's got a team high 342 average against lefties. Also rocking a solid 392 Woba and 151 WRC plus five hits for the first two games of this series. He's got 15 total bases over his last four games. So his form is solid and it's a good match. But then Tatis Jr. leads the Padres in Woba and WRC plus against lefties. And he also leads the Padres in homers and total bases against left-handed pitching as well. Over one and a half total bases, 105 plus 105 for Tatis Jr. And plus 125 for Manny Pachado. Padres win on the run line and i think they'll score five runs good luck around the diamond we'll talk to you tomorrow cheers